Hi, this is Maureen Milliken. And this is Rebecca Milliken, and this is Groovy Tube. And this is our episode 22, and it's yes. season five. Episode 11. Right. The Cincinnati Kids. Yeah. And this is one of the most plotless episodes of the Brady Bunch. Well, it's one of their location It's one episodes. of their location ones. It's at Kings Island Amusement Park outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Just personally, we used to live in Dayton, Ohio. We mm-hmm. lived there from 1968 to spring of 1973. And our sister Liz went there. This opened April 29th, 1972, yeah. which was my 11th birthday, but I did not go to Kings Island. Dad wouldn't bring us to amusement parks. As if. He was cheap as shit. And if it wasn't free, we weren't going. But I do remember a story that I may be misrepresenting our sister Liz, who's a year older than me. This is a story she told me fairly recently, too. And I may be getting it wrong, but a friend's family was going and invited her to come along. And she would have been 11 or 12 at the time. This was right when it opened, the year it opened, I think. And so she went and I think mom gave her some spending money, but the implication was that because these people invited her, you know, they were paying for a ticket and stuff and mm. they got there and they realized she wasn't paying for her ticket. So they paid, but it was very awkward and embarrassing, embarrassing. Yeah. moment for her. Then Liz and I, after we moved in the summer of 1975, which I can't see happening now, I was 14. She was 15. We took mm-hmm. a Greyhound bus. <laughs> From Augusta, Maine to Dayton, Ohio. Wow. Which was like a day and a half long trip. I remember being at the Pittsburgh bus station at like three in the morning and changing buses. Can you imagine? I know. To visit our very good friends, the Van Shikes. And on that trip, we went to Kings Island and I took photos. I remember very little. The one thing I remember is the roller coaster. It may be the first time I'd ever been except for the roller coaster at Eldridge Park, which was a little one in Elmira, New York, where we're from. I think it's the first time I was ever on a major roller coaster. It was called the Racer, and you'll see it in this Brady Bunch episode. Racer. Well, there were two. There was the Blue Racer and the Red. Oh! At the end of this episode, I'll read you what Lloyd or okay. Barry Williams, and they describe it. But it's like two roller coasters next to each other, and then they loop out and come back. And I remember thinking, oh, we're really racing and when you think about it, you, you can't really race. I mean, they go a certain speed and everything. But I And it was in this small town outside of Cincinnati. There had been an amusement park called Coney Island in Cincinnati that flooded. So the owners, there was this big complicated legal thing I won't go into, but the owners wanted to build a new park. And Taft Broadcasting became a major owner. And they're a subsidiary of Paramount which owned ABC and the Brady Bunch show. Uh So that's kind of how it came about. Originally, they were going to go, they wanted to do another trip and they were going to go like to Italy or India, but there had been an actor strike and some other things going on in it. They just said, okay, we got to go somewhere. And, And the Partridge family the year before had gone to Kings Island. Oh, they did. Yes. And their show is also on ABC, I believe. Yes, it the was. The Bradypedia thing is the producers of the Brady Bunch said, oh, we'll go to Lloyd Schwartz says it was more Kings Island approach to the show. But it's weird because there's no, you see signs that say Kings Island, but nobody ever says it's Kings Island in the show. But I think it was a more complicated thing where, They were going to go on a location thing. It couldn't happen because of the strike and stuff. 
And because of the Paramount connection and the Partridge family gone there, they're like, ah, shit, let's just go to Kings Island. So anyway. It's funny, though, because you wouldn't know where it was. You wouldn't know it was Kings Island. Right. They did say Cincinnati. When they get there, like, the bus goes by that says Kings Island on it and stuff, so. Yes, you knew it was Kings Island if you looked but there wasn't a huge amount of, they didn't say, oh, we're going to Kings Island. Right. Or anything like right. that. It's just kind of weird. So why don't we just so get the, into let's it? Let's get into it. It's the Brady house. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter comes in the kitchen from the family room where Alice and Carol are making dinner, as usual, chopping things like that. He says he can't concentrate on his homework because dad called and said he had a big surprise for the family. And Carol says, just go back and finish your homework. Cindy comes in and Peter says to her, he's not home yet. And it's like, duh, wouldn't they notice if he was home, if they're in the family room? And Carol is wearing a very sexy, she's worn this before, but I don't think she had it tied. It's like a sleeveless, like denim shirt with embroidery little flowers on it, but it's tied at her midriff. Like, yeah, she's very sexy. I don't think she wore tied at her midriff before. Bobby comes in the kitchen and Alice tells him, no, Mike is not home yet. Bobby says, how did you know I was going to ask that? And Carol says, she's never seen him in and out of the kitchen so much without eating. And Bobby's like, oh, thanks for reminding me. And the thing is, why is peter being forced to do his homework but bobby is not maybe bobby's done carol's like everyone needs to remain calm then they hear the horn hawking outside and then carol gets all excited he's here he's here and you would expect them to all like run out the door but instead they all pack around the kitchen counter and mike apparently just walks right through the wall into the kitchen That's right. I think there was a sliding door in that part, too. I've seen it sometimes. Alice, Peter, and Bobby join her in the kitchen, but I didn't see Greg or Marcia. No. Jan comes in, and Mike comes in, he kisses Carol, and he's holding some tubes. He has some plans in these in these cylinders. And he says, Mr. Phillips is sending him to Cincinnati to submit the plans. So he says, submit the plans. Yeah. But we'll talk about this a little later. Everyone is like, ugh, Cincinnati. And Carol says, that's the big surprise. And then Mike says, the small detail is the plans are for a big amusement park. And he thought they'd all like to go with him. And they all start screaming. Mm-hmm. Now, Something that I think Chris Knight pointed out in their podcast, the real Brady Bros, Mm -hmm. is that when they were going to Hawaii, they were going to pretend to be disappointed or something. It wasn't a scene that was in the show. Right. There was like on film, Florence Henderson's like, oh, let's pretend that we're all disappointed that it's Hawaii just to make a joke. Mike looking then said, oh, I was hoping we were going to Cincinnati. So (laughs) it's kind of weird that then they end up going. Yeah, that's anyways. We've established they're going to Cincinnati. Next scene, there's carnival music and there's an aerial view of King's Island. And then they're in a motel room and Mike is on the phone. He has to meet with Mr. Dempsey and Mr. Remington at one o'clock. Oh no, it's sooner than he thought. Carol has the plans in the cylinders and she puts them on the table. Mike's like, I only have a half hour meeting with them before they're going on a plane to New York. And Carol says, well, we'll have all morning in the park with the kids. And then I'm like, shouldn't he be preparing for the meeting? I know. Why is he fucking around in the park? Yeah, Um, you can go out with your kids. I've got to get ready for this presentation. And the minute you see those cylinders, you know, something's going to happen because any time on the Brady Bunch, there are architectural plans in a cylinder. Yes. Something happens to them. Yes, I do. 
Spoiler alert. Mike says it reminds him of their honeymoon and they start making out. And then the kids come in screaming and they send the kids off. It's like, why don't they just have sex? And like the kids go on the... Maybe it's because the hotel room is so gross. I know. It is pretty gross. It's weird. It's like all like brown and orange. Well, you'll hear more about it in the... Now there's a bunch of outdoor scenes in the park. And is that Eiffel Tower thing a ride? No. It's an Eiffel Tower like No, you could go up to the top it wasn't like one of those rides that dropped you down it was just something you could go up it wasn't the same size as the real it was an observatory no it's not it was one third the size of the real eiffel tower and i don't know if it's still there or not in fact i took photos from it on my trip there maybe i'll try to find those snapshots and see if i still have them and Mike tells the kids they can go wherever they like, but they are all meeting back there at noon at the main restaurant. Carol tells Bobby and Cindy they're going to have a big lunch, so don't load up on food so mm-hmm. we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Alice talks with a French accent because of the Eiffel Tower thing. Mm-hmm. And then she has to point out to them why she's doing it. Because apparently they didn't notice the giant Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Shows kids on rides, etc. The groups that split up are not the groups that are shown. Like Peter's on a ride with Carol and Alice. And then he's on a ride with Marsha and Greg. Marsha's with Alice and Carol. And it's a very tedious, lengthy scene of them having fun on rides. Bobby and Cindy are eating candy apples. And they're like, we're not supposed to be eating. But nonetheless, they are. Alice, Peter, and Carol are on a flume. Then Greg, Peter, and Mike are playing midway games. At the football throwing game, Greg meets a girl. And he asks her if he has his choice of prizes. She's like, it depends. And he says if he wins, he'll let her know what he wants. And this is Hillary Thompson. And fun fact, she's the only actual actor, aside from the Brady family and Alice, in this show yeah. because they didn't want to have to pay to have profession- bring professional actors to Cincinnati or put them up in a hotel because it was outside of town and stuff. After this, she was on a number of shows yes. that only lasted one season in the years after this. She also played Veronica and two live Archie pilots based mm-hmm. on the comic strip, neither of which became shows. It looked like from IMDb, she was a guest star in pretty much every show in the yeah. 70s. She's one of those people that was on a lot of stuff, but never you know, f- know her face. Yeah. Right. Because as soon as I saw her, I'm like, gosh, she looks familiar. Yeah. And then I looked and it, yeah, she's like in Quincy. What's that one with Andy Griffith, uh, Matt Locke, all yeah. those Starsky and Hutch too. That's yeah, right. right. 222. Yes. Yeah. She's on all the shows. Peter wants to play the game too, but Mike, Mike can figure out. He senses yes. that Greg is trying to pick her up and he's like, it's Greg's game. Yeah. It's, Peter's clueless. Greg's game. Yeah. Mike's kind of pimping Greg out, or I—I well, I guess it's not really pimping, but he's his wingman, I guess, or whatever. Uh, Mike drags Peter away. Now Bobby and Cindy are eating ice cream, and they're like, "Well, it's not like really eating because it just slides down. It's <laughs> licking." Jan, Alice, and Carol are going down the giant slide, and we have to see that um, mm-hmm. quite a few times. And I do remember on that slide, and you can see it a little with Carol too. That it's hard to get momentum. Yes. And like you have to push yourself when you get. There's many, many shots of rides and Mm -hmm. camera angle attached to rides. Yes. Greg keeps buying balls at the football game. He says he'll keep throwing 
the balls until she tells him her name. And she says it's Marge. It seems like she would have probably told him if he asked her. Yeah. He says he's thrown more balls than Joe Namath in the season. Mm. Her shift is just ending and he wants to go to lunch with her. But she says she's filling in for her brother who wears an animal costume. And Greg says, well, which animal are you? And she says, that's for him to find out. Mm -hmm. The animals are Hanna-Barbera characters. Because Paramount or Taft, was it Taft Broadcasting? They owned Hanna-Barbera too. So I think they were trying to do, and I don't know if they kept up the animal thing, but they were trying to be kind of like Disney World, making people die inside of these animal suits. Then they show more rides. They show everyone on the roller coaster. It looks like almost all of them, Bobby, Jan, Carol, Alice, Greg, and Marsha are on one I saw, but I I couldn't tell. There'll be, I'll have more information about the roller coaster. It's very interesting. Yes, and then Bobby and Cindy are eating popcorn or Cracker mm-hmm. Jacks. I can't tell. It's popcorn. And Jan has bought a Yogi Bear poster for a girl she babysits. And then she's like, I'm not sure if that's the right one. Maybe I'll go back after lunch and get a different character. Mm. So they're at the meeting place. Mike and Carol are sitting there. And it's just like picnic tables. Greg shows up and says he can't stay. He met a girl. Mm-hmm. And he takes a big pretzel. Mike has stopped by the room to pick up his plans and he has the tubes on the picnic table. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Greg takes his pretzel and leaves. As he's leaving, Peter asks Greg where he's going and Greg's like, I have to go see an animal about a girl, which confuses Mm -hmm. Peter. And Peter says the roller coaster made him hungry. And Alice says she left her stomach on the roller coaster. Mm. Bobby and Cindy come up and Carol says, you two must be starved too. And they say they can share a child's plate. And Carol says she warned them about not eating. And Bobby says, next time warn us harder. Marsha and Jan show up and Jan tells Peter to get his feet off the poster. And he says, take better care of it then. And Jan wishes she had someplace to put it. Mm. And she wants one of Mike's tubes. No. And he says the whole reason for them being here is in these cylinders. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, can't you just put the plans in one tube and I can put my poster in the other? And he says, I guess so. If like, the no. plans all fit in one tube, why did he bring two? Because it's harder to carry two around. So it seems like if everybody fit in one, he would have had them in one. No shit. I would have said, why don't we take your poster? I'll stick it in here with my plans. And- And you can get it later. Pro tip, if you're going to a fucking amusement park and going to buy something that it's a pain in the ass to carry around all day, like a rolled up poster, wait until the end of the day to go buy it. Also, their fucking motel is right in the park. Just stop by the room and and put the thing there. I wouldn't want to have to carry something around all day. Right. Mike put the two cylinders on the ground. Side by side. And of course, the camera zooms in on him. So you know know what's going to happen. And obviously, he's too much of a fucking moron and hasn't watched enough episodes of the show (laughs) to know to check the cylinder before you go to the meeting to be sure you have the right one. Mike is at the meeting to present his plans. And he opens it up and he has the wrong cylinder. And the guys at the meeting are like, oh, isn't that a cute joke? Let's see the plans. And Mike's like, um, it's not a joke. They're actually assholes about it. He said, my daughter must have the plans. But he doesn't seem too upset. He's just, oh, right. gee, I wonder if I can find. I hope I can find. Nope. And the guy reminds him, he's like, we only have a half an hour. Okay, if this presentation is that important. And it's just a show writing. The show could have been written better. Like, why don't you say I know. we we have an hour or we have to leave by three or whatever? I know. Why did they make the meeting for one? 
if they only half an hour why don't they no shit why didn't they i know i was thinking the same thing no. jam and marsha are in a canoe they're driving an antique car ride out and the you notice jam does not have the cylinder with her on any of those scenes then jan realizes she lost the poster luckily they're not too expensive i could just get another one <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they show more rides and Greg keeps accosting animal people or people in animal suits, I'm sorry, to see if they're Marge. And one is Lloyd Schwartz. He yeah, he plays off. the guy in the bear. He rents Greg his costume so Greg can go into the employee area. And I'm sure that's mean? against the rules. You could get fired for that. Yes. Greg could be some kind of rapist. And like at Disney, you're not allowed to take your head off in public. You're not either. allowed to talk either. I know. Now, Greg sees Marge. I thought Marge had to dress as an animal, but she's Me coming too. out of the employee area, although the timeline is all yeah, is all messed up. up. He tries to talk to her and she tells him to go hibernate. Because he's dressed up like the bear and she thinks he's Lloyd Schwartz, yes. not Greg. Mike it comes up and he remembers Marge and asks if she's seen Greg. He needs to find his daughter and Greg reveals himself and Mike says, shed your skin and help hmm. me find Jan. And I'm thinking now... And I'm sure I thought this when I was a kid because things like this make me anxious. There is not time. There is not time. I know. There is not time. I know. It doesn't matter if Jan was right there with the fucking cylinder that wouldn't have been time. I know. I agree. Even if they said that. And also, isn't there a PA system? Jam Brady, please report to the blah, blah, blah. No shit. Then they show rides, bunch of rides again. Alice and Carol are sick. Mike comes up. He says, has anyone seen Jan? And Alice says, no, but she she saw her entire life pass before her eyes. Mike tells Carol what's going on, and they go to the poster shop to look for Jan. Yes, this whole episode was annoying. And tedious, because you knew what was going to happen, and you knew what you were going to have to go through. I have to say, Alice... Her outfit is something like what I usually wear, like yeah. a shirt, yeah. untucked yeah, a camp, shirt, and right? Short. Camp shirt and or she's got jeans. slacks, she's got jeans. jeans. Greg and Alice and Mike and Carol come out of the poster shop. Suddenly they see Jan, and Mike's like, "Where's that cylinder?" And Jan's like, "I lost it." And Mike's like, "Well, whoever finds the tube first, meet at the manager's office." They get to the lost and found. That guy's annoying as hell. Yeah, and, and that's unhelpful. The- and yes, the guy that played him was Bobby Hoffman. Hoffman. Chris and Barry said that he was their dialogue coach. Lloyd Schwartz, as we talked about in other episodes, had been their dialogue coach before, but now he's assistant director or whatever he is. And he went on, Bobby Hoffman went on to be a casting director for Gary Marshall's mm-hmm. show. So Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days and Mark and Mindy. He made did well for himself. As you said before, they didn't want to have actors. So because he was already a show employee, they just made him work as an actor in this scene. All of the people are looking on all of the rides, and I'm like, how many rides? There just is not time. There is not time. Mike concedes to Carol that they're lost, and his boss is going to be pissed. It's like, no shit. I'd be pissed. Finally, Marsha and Jan find the cylinder in a canoe, and they run to the manager's office. Or they actually, they meet Alice, and they hand it to her, and she runs with it. And she happens to see Bobby and Cindy coming out of the pizza place, and they take over. And this whole scene is tedious, too, because, you know, it's going to have to go through every permutation of people... You know, because they meet Greg and Peter and they take the cylinder. And this scene has taken much longer than the half hour. Yes. 
that they might yes. have. Yes. And it's extremely improbable that they would just happen to see each other right. while they're running just, to the right. park. They run into Carol, Greg and Peter, and she brings the plans to Mike. And he yes. gives them to Mr. Dempsey and Mr. Remington. Or just coming just out of the building. Yep. And to me, they don't seem overly annoyed by this whole right thing. they're like oh great yeah we'll take him to new york and i noticed mr remington i think whoever the lackey is has like a pink suit on it's mm-hmm. very interesting yeah mike's very calm about it he's just like oh yeah here you go like what the fuck what happened to his presentation although he at the like i said at the beginning he said he had to submit them to him so that's right. what i don't understand yeah uh, but whatever it's just well it you know what i think it is i think the guys writing the episode have no clue how stuff like that works and it's not gonna make sense it doesn't matter because it's right. stupid kids like us watching it so then the family goes for another ride on the roller coaster and we get to see that mm-hmm. uh, the tag is carol and mike are packing in their ugly room the phone rings it's for mike it's mr phillips they approve the plans. Yay. Mr. Phillips wants them to stay a couple of days. And then someone knocks at the door and it's the bear suit comes in. But it's not Greg, it's Peter. He's filling in for Marge so she can have lunch with Greg. Mm-hmm. And Mike says, that's understanding of him. And Peter says, he understands real good for five bucks. When I first wrote the script, it was... 2019 and five bucks was worth 28.58. And I looked it up again. Now five dollars is worth thirty-four sixty-six. Wow. wow. So it's gone up quite a bit. I was thinking when I watched that scene, Chris Knight didn't really have to be in that bear costume because he never takes his head off. But it right. was him in the costume. Right. He says he and Barry both say that costume was disgusting and smelled. Yeah, I've heard those smell, those animal suits. Smell. I used to go to school with a woman that, oh, or she was a girl. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. She worked in the summer at Disney World in Florida. Wow. And they were not allowed to speak to people when they wore had the costumes right. on. And you're not allowed to take the head no. off or anything. And I can't imagine how hot and horrible that must so be. So for a show with no plot, a lot yes. has been written about it. Oh. So in it a- seems like a very popular one that people remember. Well, because they went to Kings Island. So in the Bradypedia by Erica Woke, she says, Cincinnati, why Cincinnati? Originally, the producers wanted to send the bunch to a more exotic locale like Italy, the Far East, or India. Robert Reed said at the time, They talked about taking the show abroad, so right away I thought of Rome. So I went to a language studio near my house. I studied so that I would have Italian by the time we got to Rome. (laughs) So what happened? They took the show to the Far East. That's right. There were plans to bring the Brady clan all the way to the other side of the world in this vague region called the Far East. However, budget constraints and the Hollywood writers' strike got in the way and something domestic was chosen instead. The year before, the network had sent the Partridge family to Kings Island in Cincinnati, the Kings Island Amusement Park, and it worked out well. Thus, feeling that luck would strike twice, the network sent the Bradys to the park. I think the network being paramount. So here's Lloyd Schwartz's account in his book, Brady, Brady, Brady. And this covers a bunch of topics so you know he talks about how they have been to the grand canyon they've been to hawaii in the fifth season what could we ever do to top those scenic places of course cincinnati i admit with all due respect cincinnati and i just want to break in here to say it is a very pretty city it seemed like a bit of a come down but the cast and crew had a good time 
we were contacted by the amusement park Kings Island, which presented us with the following deal. If we filmed an episode there, they would cover any overages beyond what a regular episode might cost. As usual, Lloyd doesn't have all this information right. I think it was more complicated. I think Paramount had a lot to do with it. I don't think Kings Island just called up the show and it's said... F. Lloyd says, for the episode, Cincinnati Kids, we concocted a storyline in which Mike was hired to design a building or something for the park. <laughs> or something. And the family would tour the park while he was safely out of the fun at a meeting. Frequently, Lloyd's descriptions of the plots are not accurate. No, story. they are not. Mike's plans, secured in a poster tube, got mixed up with Chan's poster of Yogi Bear. And there was a big sequence in which the whole family scoured the park to find the missing plans. King's Island placed the Brady Bunch squarely in the heart of Brady audience territory, and the cast had to be protected from its legion of fans mm-hmm. while we were filming on location. It was pretty intense. Also intense was the large roller coaster. We were told it was so scary that Neil Armstrong, you know, the astronaut, mm. refused to ride it. Bob Reed wouldn't either. So, of course, Lloyd has to get in some Bob Reed bashing. Poor in, Bob. Or- in order to shoot people on a roller coaster, the cameraman, and this is interesting, his account of this and then Barry Williams' account is a little different. So. Ew. In order to shoot people on a roller coaster, the cameraman would have to be in the car in front and ride backwards while maneuvering a heavy camera. I had ridden the roller coaster to see what it would be like for the cast. At least that was my acknowledged excuse. It's the truth. I just love roller coasters. On my test ride, I saw a sign that indicated (laughs) that standing up is dangerous. I knew that the camera mount was about as tall Mm -hmm. as a standing person, so I suggested a trial run to see how dangerous it might be. I think people don't realize nowadays cameras can be much smaller how big the camera equipment they had back then. That's more insane. They tied off the camera and sent it through. The camera never came back, and the camera operator thanked me for saving his life. After getting the spare camera and rigging it lower and safer, the Brady family, sans Mr. Brady, rode the coaster without further incident. For the episode, we needed to cast a few roles, but casting a union actor would mean we would then have to pay for room and travel. Luckily, our new dialogue coach, Bobby Hoffman, who Mm, you mentioned, was also an actor and could cover a role. Another part could be played by Les Martinson, our director, who had been an actor. We would bring one actress, Hillary Thompson, to play Greg's love interest for the episode. All we were lacking was the role of a park mascot, a large, friendly, cartoonish bear to be played by a 20-something guy. I went through the crew list to see if there was anybody who could do it and could find only one person of that age and type. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I had taken an acting class and had been working with actors. I had been a stand-up comedian briefly. How tough could it be to do one scene? We had done most of the filming, and the time came for my scene. I had done some research and interviewed an actual park mascot to see if there was anything I should be aware of to help my character. The only thing he advised me was to wear an athletic cup, since kids love to punch or kick him in that area. Fortunately, I didn't have to worry, since I wouldn't be out in the public. That reminds me, I was reading... Um, an interview with someone who either played was in that slugger that slugger's a, a mascot for our local the team, portland sea dogs team. yeah yeah with some mascot like that that said kids were constantly hitting him right and kicking him in the balls i've heard yeah. that before here's lloyd again the scene involved greg brady approaching a park mascot as he was looking for marge his king's island girlfriend he would talk to me the mascot i would answer i would take off my bare head and then we would finish the conversation before he ran off 
I did the scene exactly as written. No mistakes. It was mm. printed in one take with no close-ups. We left Kings Island after we all had a great time. Even Robert Reed, presumably, because he didn't have to ride the roller coaster. Oh. When we returned to the studio and edited the film, I watched my scene critically. Indeed, I did everything right. I watched a guy walk up to another actor. In the bear suit, he talked. He listened. He took off the head. He talked. He listened. Cut. But I learned a lot. There's more to acting than doing it all right. I forgot the whole thing. I was doing it by the numbers, and that is what I saw. Nobody else seemed to notice my less than stellar performance, but I did. And I concluded that <laughs> acting is best left to the actors. However, I sincerely advise anyone who writes, produces, or directs to act at least once. You will gain a whole new respect for what actors have to oh, do. Oh, how wonderful. I don't think he even had to take that head off, but I think he wanted to because of his ego so people could see who he was. That's my take on that. Now, here's Barry Williams' account of the whole thing. As weird as this may sound, we Brady kids were very enthused about our Cincinnati journey. That's because... Our entire Ohio episode was going to be filmed in the then brand new Kings Island amusement park. And by the way, there's no island at Kings Island. They named it that because it was the old Coney Island. They had moved the oh, old Coney Island okay. to Cincinnati. There's no island. Visions of unlimited access to the attractions danced in our heads. We became bound and determined to hit every thrill ride in the place time and again until we were either satisfied or too busy puking to continue. Come travel day. We were flown to Ohio, driven to the park, and given the full VIP treatment, at least by local standards. You see, the Kings Island Park wasn't actually in Cincinnati, but often a fairly remote suburb. And while everyone did their best to accommodate us, none of our well-intentioned hosts had any idea about how a television show was actually shot. And my thing is, the Partridge family went the year before, so somebody must have had some idea. No shit. Then Barry says, thus they had no way to anticipate the tremendous havoc that a full cast, crew, and on-location production staff could wreak upon their fledgling resort. By weekend, we'd nearly closed them down. The first disaster would have to go under the heading of accommodations. Kings Island was an ambitious, blossoming amusement park in a tiny town with only one motel, and that meant there wasn't much choice about where we would stay. Instead, the entire bunch was assigned living quarters in the considerably less than swanky Island Resort Motel, which, due to its lack of privacy and vaguely fishy smell, we redubbed the aquarium. The motif was early Motel 6. The plumbing worked and the bed had sheets, but there weren't many extras. No little mints on the pillows, no shampoo, no soap. You get the picture. You can tell these guys are from California, you know. <laughs> no, I had no real aversion to roughing it until the swarm began arriving. Well, I did notice a couple of six-legged roommates in my bathtub. Ah. The swarm I'm referring to was the two-legged variety. You see, the Island Resort Motel was within a stone's throw of the Kings Island Amusement Park, and it didn't exactly take a genius to put two and two together and figure out where we Bradys were staying at the end of each shooting day. Now take that fact and add it to the fact that park management went all out to advertise our filming in the local papers, mm. and you'll understand how each night, like clockwork, our motel became infested with dozens of instamatic toting park patrons intent on creating a Kodak moment with a real live Brady. There were kids, a lot of teens, adults, and sometimes whole families wandering through the unair-conditioned hallways, 
knocking on doors and peeking through our windows. <laughs> Eventually, the hotel called in some Barney Fifish security guards, but mostly they just created a minor obstacle for the more determined gawkers. All of this was incredibly flattering, but terribly uncomfortable. The girls had it even worse than the guys. Maureen and Eve often couldn't even use their bathrooms for fear of finding human faces pressed up against their windows. There was no place to run, no place to hide. And I'm like, weren't there shades or curtains on the windows? <laughs> I know. Saying, or put up a towel over it. You know? I know. Then there was the filming. Trying to make up for the motel horror story, our Kings Island hosts devised a plan to let us Brady's spend every free moment in the park riding the very best rides, all without the nuisance of waiting in line. They were going to let us cut any line, anytime, anywhere in the park. Our fantasy had come true. <sighs> it sounded brilliant to us kids, and soon, with our own personal gun-toting park escort running interference for us, we were happily pushing and shoving our way to the front of all the longest lines in the park. A two-hour wait, not for us Brady's. We were special. We were the stars. We have been on TV for four years. Millions of people love us, right? Not the people we push past. <laughs> In fact, understandably enraged, they quickly learned to hate us. Our line-cutting scheme soon became so frighteningly ugly that by the end of our second day as VIP guests, our special ride treatment came to an abrupt and unceremonious halt. So now, with the uncomfortable lodgings and angry mobs calling for our heads, the Brady's trip to Ohio had become an absolute nightmare. Little did we know it was just beginning. One of the most important scenes in the episode called for all of the Bradys to ride the park's biggest, fastest, meanest roller coaster. Finally, we were going to pig out on adrenaline. Our first shot called for the camera to be mounted onto the front of the coaster and pointed backwards toward the family. After lengthy discussions among the crew about how to safely attach camera to coaster, to listen to Lloyd's thing, it was all Lloyd figuring it out but of um, course he did the crew rigged together a sort of platform device strapped on the camera and we were set to go the camera was loaded and all of us brady's got ready to take our places all of us that is except robert reed who flatly refused his refusal may have saved eight lives as robert recalls i wouldn't ride on that thing because they make me sick and that made me the butt of a lot of chokes but everyone else was going on, and the crew guys were mounting the camera on the front, facing back. So now I'm thinking to myself, when that thing gets going at 60 miles an hour, I'm not sure that whole rig's going to clear all the overhead stuff on the tracks. So now I take a walk down the coaster tracks, checking things out, and I can plainly see several places where it would never get through. I couldn't believe no one had noticed this. So then I said, for Christ's sake, look at this. So they grumbled at me and measured the heights and distances, and sure enough, they had to lower it. If they ah. hadn't, the camera would have come down and hit the kids straight in the face. And that's different from Lloyd Schwartz's account where Lloyd says yes. he himself, first of all, he said Robert just wouldn't go on it and wouldn't yeah. say why. <laughs> then know. he said he himself noticed that you can't stand, and he thought, well, geez, that means the camera's going to be too high. The reason I believe Robert Reed's account is because it just seems his personality that Lloyd hated so much that Robert was going to go check and see if the camera... Yes. And yes. also, when I was reading Lloyd's earlier today, my thought was, it's not just that the camera's going to get hit and fall off. The camera's going to come this way and hit yes. the kids. It, it will. It'll go forward. And so Barry goes on, and then Lloyd Schwartz got his chance to save eight lives. 
You see, once Robert had pointed out the near disaster of the roller coaster shoot, the entire crew seemed to get really spooked. They lowered the camera rig, secured it to the coaster as best they knew how, and got ready for the Brady's to ride. Time and light were getting tight, and we were already behind schedule, but Lloyd insisted that we send the rig camera through without the Brady's just to double-check the camera's security. So that, see, Lloyd left out the whole Robert Reed part. Yes, of course he did. The crew guys thought it was just a waste of time, but when Lloyd pulled rank, they gave in, pulled the lever, and started the ride. They ran the coaster through one complete cycle and then gasped in horror as it came back without the camera. (laughs) Once again, fate had stepped in and literally saved our necks. No one ever figured out what exactly caused the camera to fall, but speculation has it that the coaster's vibrations had loosened its moorings. Another camera was brought in, rigged and run through a cycle by our now extraordinarily cautious director, Leslie Martinson. And he's the one who played either Mr. Dempsey or Mr. Um, Remington. Yes. This time it came back unharmed and the Brady's were called upon to climb aboard. Obviously, we didn't get killed and came through the harrowing experience without a scratch. All I can say is that I think eight guardian angels worked overtime that day. Mm. Next time you happen across the episode, watch for the ill-fated coaster shot. You'll notice that all eight of us Brady's look genuinely horrified, and that's because we were. And my whole thing was they did have handheld cameras in the 70s. Couldn't a cameraman have been in front of them and just turned around? I know. And so those are all the accounts of the Cincinnati episode. And I think on that note, we should say goodbye yes and stay groovy and we'll be back for episode 23 yay Yay. 